يَعْمَلُونَ لَهُ Now what would those jinn do? They would make for him, meaning for Sulaiman salam, with what? With that copper and with whatever resources that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them. مَا يَشَاءُ Whatever that he willed. Who willed? Sulaiman salam wanted. Meaning whatever he wanted them to make, they would make it. What would they make? Min of. Some examples are given here. Maharib. Maharib is a plural of mihrab. And what is mihrab? It's from harb. Haraba. Harb is war. Alright? So mihrab is understood as two things. Firstly, a high edifice. So basically a huge fortress. Right? Whether it is of residence or some other use. And the reason why it's called mihrab is because this is a place that is yuharabu, it is attacked in war. Meaning when cities are you know, under attack, what places are targeted first? What places? What buildings? It's the important buildings, right? So maharib refers to high structures, tall structures, all right? fortresses. Secondly, mihrab also refers to prayer chambers, prayer places, so masajid. Why is this called mihrab? Because this is a place where who is fought against? The nafs and the shaitan. Alright? So they would construct maharib, elevated chambers for Sulaiman a.s. Buildings. And watamathil. And also tamathil. Statues. Plural of the word timsal. Timsal is from mim salam. Alright? And timsal is basically an imitation an imitation of what is real. So for example, the statue of a bird. Alright? The statue of a human being. Alright? The statue of sculpture of, let's say, what else could it be? Can you give me examples? A goat. Okay. A calf. An animal. Right? An animal, a person, a place, a mountain, a tree, anything. This is what a timsal is. The literal meaning of the word timsal is what? An imitation of something that's real. Not imaginary. So we're not talking about a person with, you know, 50 wings or, you know, a person with many eyes or many hands. That is not timsal. Timsal is an imitation of what actually exists, what is real. Whether that is animate or inanimate. Living or non-living. You understand? So even if it's a leaf, what would that be? Timsal. Alright? So the jinn would also make for him tamathil. Now what kind of tamathil would they make? We don't know. We haven't been told. But what we do know is that Sulaiman salam came after which prophet? Musa salam. Right? And Musa salam at his time when the people made the calf with gold, it's a timsal. If you think about it, it's a timsal. But was that allowed? No. So much so that that calf, that golden calf was burnt. Alright? So Sulaiman was on the same sharia. Alright? So these tamathil were then of what? Of non-living things. Alright? And certainly, these tamathil were not for the purpose of worship. You understand? They were definitely not for the purpose of worship. Because Sulaiman was a prophet of Allah. Because some people they say, look, the jinn made tamathil for Sulaiman salam. So you know what? It's fine to make statues and idols and, and whatnot. No, that's not what this means. What this means is that they would make it for decorative purposes. Alright? 
tamathil. And also wajifan. Jifan is the plural of the word jafna or jifna. Jim, fa, nun, tamarbuta. And what does that mean? A big bowl. So the jinn would also make huge bowls that were kal jawab. They were like reservoirs. Jawab is the plural of jabia. Jabia from the root letters jim ba ya. A lot of new words here, new vocabulary, alhamdulillah. Jim ba ya. Alright? And jabia is basically a huge hawd, a huge pool in which water is collected. Water is collected. So a dam, a pool. So the jinn constructed for him big bowls that were literally the size of pools, reservoirs, or the size of dam. Alright, dams, water dams. So, kal jawab. Why? So much food was served. Imagine, a pool full of food. Just imagine, a pool full of soup. Alright? Waqudurin. And where was this food prepared? In qudur. Qudur, plural of the word qidr. What is qidr? Qidr is a cooking pot. So they would also make qudur, cooking pots. And these cooking pots were rasiyat, ones that are stationary. Rasiyat, plural of rasiya. Rasiya, this is used for mountains also, right? One that is fixed in place. Thawabit. Why were they fixed in place? For two reasons. Firstly, they were too big to be moved, to be put away. You understand? Too big to be put away. You know, for instance, if you have some kind of a you know, some kind of a machine in your kitchen. Some are really small. So you, once you use them, you can put them away. But then there are others which are huge. Alright? Like for example, a microwave. Very good example. Do you use a microwave and then you put it away in the cabinet? Would you do that? Or in the cupboard? No, you don't do that. It just sits on the countertop. Correct? So, why does it sit there? Because it's too big to move. It doesn't make sense that every time you use it, you put it away once you're done. Right? So these cooking pots were so big that they were just fixed in one place. Secondly, they were fixed in one place. Why? Because they were always being used. Always in use. Always. Like for example, you may have that favorite cup of yours which just never makes it back to the cupboard. Why? Because you drink your chai in it, your tea in it, right? When you're done, it goes into the dishwasher. Next morning when the dishwasher is clean, you take it out of the dishwasher, you make your tea in it and you put it back in the sink. And then when the dishwasher is loaded, it goes into the dishwasher. So the poor cup never makes it to the cupboard. Why? Because it's always in use. So much so that even if you find it dirty, you'll wash it and you'll use it and you won't take something else out. Right? So it's always in use. This was how those pots were. Food was always being cooked. What is the message over here? What is the message over here? Huh? Yes. The size of his kingdom, right? The wealth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala endowed him with. The generosity of Sulaiman alayhi salam, right? And the number of soldiers, of troops, 
amongst the people, the birds and the jinn that he had, who had to be fed multiple times a day, and so food had to be, be prepared in such large quantities, and literally large quantities, that these bowls in which the food was served, these bowls were like pools. And these qudur al-rasiyat, they were humongous. And we see that in different parts of the world, like for example in India, there are places where food is you know, part of certain festivals. So literally people will empty out bags and bags of rice and flour and lentils. And then to cook it, they will actually get down into it and they will mix it with their legs. And then they will cook it and then people will eat out of it. They will. The cooking pots are like rooms. They're literally like rooms. Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. I was thinking about the technology. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave it to Sulaiman alayhi salam and Dawood, his father. Until now we don't have it. Yeah. Subhanallah. Yes. That such control over the wind. And then Ayn al-Qitr. And then on top of that, jinn at service. And then so much is being made and produced and served on a daily basis. This was the financial situation. Alright, at that time. Just look at how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him. Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. I also see the hikmah of Sulaiman al-Islam and his presence in his kingdom. There wasn't separate places where the food was cooked, but it was one place where he could be present and uh, it was... Yeah, because it's bayna yadayhi. They yeah. worked in front of him, right? Under his watch. And the unity of his kingdom as well. Yes. Very true. Because every person could go back to his family and eat there, but the food is being prepared in one place. I'm not saying that it was mixed by feet. Okay, don't get me wrong. It's just an example of what I gave you, that even today, uh, food is prepared in large, huge quantities. Alright? And with all of these blessings, they were told, اِعْمَلُوا All of you do. أَلَى Dawood, O people of Dawood, family of Dawood, shukra in gratefulness. Work in gratitude. Now with all this that Allah has given you, do something to express your gratitude. Exercise gratitude. Do something. And وَقَلِيلٌ مِّنْ عِبَادِيَ shakur. Very few of my servants are grateful. Very few servants of Allah are grateful. Majority of us, how are we? We become ungrateful. You see over here, for shukr, it has been said, اِعْمَلُوا Do it. Do shukr. What do we do? We say shukr. Sometimes. Right? We say meaning words of shukr. Shukr is to be felt. Remember, emote. Right? And then, it has to be said. What was that? Extend. And then it has to be shown. It has to be done. Exercise. Meaning do something out of gratitude. Don't just sit there, but do something to show that you're grateful. So, اِعْمَلُوا آلَ دَاوُدَ الشُّكْرَى وَقَلِيلٌ مِنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورِ So what do we see over here? That for gratitude, something has to be done. Actions are needed. And the Prophet ﷺ, what would he do out of gratitude? Even though his sins were forgiven, past and future, but still he would stand and pray till both his feet or legs would swell. And when he was asked, why do you do that? He would say, should I not be a grateful servant? We really take blessings for granted. And we think gratitude is not necessary. The prophets are the best example for us. They were given the best and they also did the best. So what did the prophets do with the special, unique, extraordinary blessings that Allah gave them? They showed gratitude. فَلَمَّا then when قَضَيْنَا We decreed عَلَيْهِ on him الْمَوْتَ The death. When Allah decreed death for Sulaiman alayhi salam. 
Because no matter who a person is, ultimately they have to die. Right? إِنَّكَ مَيِّتُمْ Indeed, you are going to die. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this to the Prophet So Sulaiman also, he was to die. And when Allah decreed death for him, at that time, Sulaiman we learned that he was leaning on his staff, on his stick. And remember, Sulaiman habit was that whenever he would instruct the jinn, for example, to do something, he would stand there watching to make sure that they are doing their work. Because it would work بَيْنَ yadayhi, Under his watch. So he's standing there watching them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed that Sulaiman should die in that state. Alright? And he was leaning on his staff. Now, he was standing or sitting, Allah knows. Alright? Because you can lean on your staff when you're standing and you can also lean on it when you're sitting. What happened? He died in that state and the jinn, they were working and they kept working, kept working for so long because they didn't want to disobey Sulaiman because what was the consequence? Right? So they kept working until what happened? How is it that they found out he had passed away? Allah says, مَا not دَلَّهُمْ It informed them. Nothing informed them. Nothing proved to them. Same root, دَال لَام لَام دَلِيل Nothing proved to them عَلَى مَوْتِهِ About his death. They did not know about his death إِلَّا except دَابَّةُ الْأَرْضِ A creature of the earth. They found out about his death through what? A creature of the earth. Which creature is this? A termite. And this creature, what did it do? تَأْكُلُوا It was eating. It ate up مِنْ سَأَتَهُ His staff. مِنْ سَأَ More vocabulary. The word مِنْ سَأَ is from the root letters نُون سِينَ Hamza. Alright? And a staff is called مِنْ سَأَ because it is يُنْسَأُ بِهَا Nasi is to defer. Right? So with a staff, what is done? You repel or drive away Things that you don't want. You move them out of your way. So this is a minsa. So when the termite ate up his staff, what happened? When it was hollow from inside, it could no longer bear the weight of Sulaiman Alright? And when he fell, فَلَمَّا خَرَّ So when he fell, تَبَيَّنَتِ الْجِنُّ تَبَيَّنَتِ It became clear. To who? To الْجِنُّ To the jinn. Allah, that if, كانوا they were, يعلمون الغيب, if they knew the unseen, ما لبثوا, they would not have remained. في العذاب المهين, in the humiliating punishment. What is the humiliating punishment for the jinn? What was it? That they were just working and working and working. This was humiliation for them. Alright? This was the one way in which they were controlled. Because you see, anyone who has freedom and ability, who can fly here, go there, to be controlled, to be trapped, to be assigned to one task, this is literally torture. Isn't it? Why do you think people are jailed as punishment? Why? Because that itself is a punishment. Being confined to one place is a punishment. So for the jinn, this was a form of punishment. Alright? So they realized at that time that they didn't have knowledge of the unseen. Alright? Because many people, they have this misconception that the jinn have knowledge of the unseen. Alright? 
they know what I'm thinking. They know who's going where, what's going on there. No, jinn don't know everything. They only know what they can hear, what they can see, what they can learn about through some means. Alright? And had they known the unseen, then they would have known about the death of Sulaiman the moment he passed away. Isn't it so? The fact that they did not find out until so long, what does it prove? They don't have knowledge of the unseen. So neither people nor jinn have knowledge of the unseen. And this is why never ask a human being or even a jinn about knowledge of the unseen. You understand? Because sometimes what happens is that people think, oh, sihr has been done on them. So they go to somebody and they say, who's done sihr on me? So the person says, okay, sit, wait here. What's your mother's name? Okay, stand up, we have to measure you. And then they ask them some random questions. And then they wait. And then a jinn tells them that so-and-so person has done sihr on them. How did the jinn know? You understand? This is believing that jinn have knowledge of the unseen. They don't have knowledge of the unseen. Alright? Who is animal ghaib? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this ayah, what does it show to us? Sulaiman alayhi salam, look at the technology literally that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with. The power, the wealth, the authority that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with. But after all, who was he? A human being. And he died. Every human being, no matter what ranks, he achieves. No matter how high he goes, remember, ultimately he is going to die. Because eternal glory is only for who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not for the creation. The sun rises and the sun sets. So this is why a person must never be deceived by their present state of you know, success or glory. Because it is going to turn into a sunset. It is going to decline. It is going to go down. And then we also see over here that Sulaiman he had passed away and he was in that one position for so long. And the termite, it ate the stick. Right? But it didn't affect the body of Sulaiman Alright? And this is the honor that Allah has given to the prophets. That even the earth, it does not consume the bodies of the prophets. Alright? This is something that we learned from the hadith also, that the earth has been forbidden from consuming the bodies of the prophets of Allah. Recitation. وَقَلِيلٌ مِّنْ عِبَادِيَ الشَّكُورِ فَلَمَّا قَضَيْنَا عَلَيْهِ الْمَوْتَ مَا دَلَّهُمْ عَلَى مَوْتِهِ إِلَّا دَابَّةُ الْأَرْضِ تَأْكُلُ مِنْ سَأَتَهُ فَلَمَّا خَرَّ تَبَيَّنَتِ الْجِنُّ أَلَّوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ الْغَيْبَ مَا لَبِثُوا فِي الْعَذَابِ الْمُهِينَ سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته